Hello, friends. I'm your host, Christina, and you're listening to Radical Stepmoms, a podcast about the good, bad, and really ugly moments about raising a child that you didn't create. Here, I'll discuss the realities of co-parenting, the way stepmotherhood affects a marriage, the relationship with our stepkids, and most of all, navigating the relationship with ourselves. I want each episode to leave you feeling validated, empowered, and oh so radical. So pour yourself a LaCroix, a glass of red, or whatever, and listen in on Radical Stepmoms. Hello, you are listening to Radical Stepmoms. This is Christina. In this episode, I am chatting with Elizabeth. Hi, Elizabeth. Hi, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for being here. Yeah, absolutely. So in this episode, we are chatting about a bunch of different things that I think a lot of stepmoms navigate, unfortunately, or fortunately, we don't know. So you have primary custody of your stepkid. Mm-hmm. And yes. They had, and every other weekend with Biomom, you are, it was kind of the co-parenting that led to parallel parenting and the reasons why. (laughs) So, and on top of that, you're a behavioral specialist. So you have a different outlook on how to navigate certain dynamics, behaviors. So that's what we're going to chat about today. So how about you start us off with your little stepmom bio and tell us a little bit about yourself. All right. Well, thank you for that. I am Elizabeth Taylor. I have been a stepmom for about five and a half years since my little guy, we have one. And since he was about right before he was two years old. So, you know, I've been around since before he can remember. He says all the time, I don't remember what it was like before you. So, you know, that that brings a different dynamic. And I am a behavior specialist. We have primary custody of him and have for the last couple of years. So yeah, I have dealt with, you know, we've done co-parenting or attempted co-parenting, like you said, and then have definitely settled on parallel parenting and, you know, struggled with as many stepmoms do with parental alienation and, and different things of that nature. So custody issues. Um, so yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. So I think I, I'm curious, you know, for any stepmom and their, you know, the third, when their fi- family dynamic situation is full custody or majority, right? Like how it gets there. And like, were you guys active in court, you know, for a period of time? What kind of led to mom getting, you know, every other weekend? And, you know, because it's just, I mean, I'm hearing it more and more. That that happens, that dad gets more, but it's still kind of an anomaly and like a really hard task to accomplish when you feel that it's the best situation. So can you share a little bit about how your custody schedule got there? Yeah, absolutely. So the custody schedule actually started with dad, her being primary and dad having a standard schedule. That was back when little guy was two and three years old. We saw a lot of things that just just were not healthy. We knew something things were going on that probably did not need to be going on. Things he ways he would act, things he would say, ways that he would regress. Dad just started becoming really passionate that, you know, I am not here to be a weekend dad. And it really started with his passion to want to be at the very least a, you know, half and half. That's really where it started. So, and we were in Texas, which is southern even more so, very much mommy state. Granted, we do live in an area that is in a county that is known for being more accepting with 
father rights. So we knew we had that going for us there. We went into the situation um, expecting 50-50 and kind of saying that if things were also as bad with some of her recreational stuff as we were kind of thinking it was, then we would possibly go for more. And that's ended up being what happened. Mm-hmm. And tests started having to be taken, things like that. And so once more evidence started coming out during that litigation time, and we started leaning towards, okay, maybe he needs more time, you know, primary time in our home. Now this happened right before COVID. Oh. Mm. Oh yeah. So mm. we filed right before COVID. So <sighs> litigation turned into a two-year affair. Yep. Because everything got and you know, it's kind of one of those blessings and curses because we were so mad at the time. But spending those two years, so much stuff started coming out at that time mm. that actually ended up strengthening our case in the end. And actually in the end, she settled with us. Oh wow. We never went to before a judge. She settled the day before. Wow. We so- also modified it a little bit, but yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. So you go in just kind of wanting equality, right? Like equity there of like, I just, and it's, it's one of the frustrations and my husband talks about this all the time of the fact that a father has to fight for his rights to be a parent and how the mom is just, it's an, it's a given. Right. And, and it's, I think it leads to so many dynamics and how the courts, all that to say, to have you guys kind of go in with, I just want equal access to my son. And then was there uh, like an investigation? Was there a guardian ad litem? Was there anything like that? Or did things just kind of, were you documenting? How did you documenting. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's So that's also where my behavior specialist role and the fact that my father was an attorney. Oh, look at you. <laughs> he was not our attorney, but right. yeah, he, attorneys think in certain ways. They do. Yeah. So I knew right out the gate and I, I told my husband this. He wasn't my husband then, but he's my husband now. I said, honey, it's not about what's true. It's about what we can prove. Yeah. And that's where I find, I, I hear stepmoms getting these ruts when they're talking to me about custody stuff. Well, she does this. Well, how do you know she does that? Right. Well, this person said, okay, but can you, can you get that in writing? Can you get that on something stable? And Screenshot it or yeah, <laughs> whatever that, you can do. When we get worked up in the emotions of, I know I'm right, or I know I'm justified in how I feel about these things, but there's we're not keeping a calm head and trying to figure out ways to get it nailed down in black and white down on paper. I think that's where we lose it. Absolutely. So I think that kind of (laughs) helped a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Let's pause there for a second. I think that is such a big part of where frustration comes. Right. And especially when I'm talking to some moms who are like, you know, frustrated, rightfully so, but I know she's doing this or I don't understand why she's doing this. And, and it's like, yeah, absolutely. But I always go to how much energy am I going to allow this to take from me? And I go into problem solving mode and that's going into parallel parenting, right? My lens that I look through every single time is, can I dictate what happens in her house? What I want her dictating what happens in my house and if there is some sort of health issue or, you know, my stepson's well-being or something like that, then that's where I go towards what you're talking about of 
can we prove it? <laughs> and what can we do with this information? I have to get into problem solving or else I'll lose my mind. And if I can't solve it, I got to let it go. Oh, yeah, I hear you. And as a behavior specialist, I have to figure out the behavior. Mm-hmm. If I can't figure out why this behavior is happening, I'm going to chew it up until it's it's raw, until like you can't even tell what it is anymore because yeah. I can't analyze this to death. And and as a stepmom, especially the first few years, that drove me crazy. Yeah, you can't figure it out. No, because if you're dealing with anyone who is high conflict or you suspect or has a legitimate personality disorder, that's the point. Right. Work the way. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So when your schedule kind of shifted and you got majority, what, how did that, I'm always curious of how, you know, the children are impacted by that, how it's explained to them. If you experienced any like really hard transitions for him, how he understands the schedule now, can you speak to that? Oh, absolutely. In fact, that was a topic this week. I mean, we've already been in it almost, you know, over a year and a half going in two years. At the beginning, it kind of helped that she had kind of agreed and that we hadn't gone to court. So what I what I presented it as, and, and you know, we his dad and I have always made sure he has a therapist. Mm-hmm. We need him to have that third party, even outside of us, because we're not arrogant enough to think that we're not also jaded and biased. And he needs that third person that can be just completely unbiased for him. So we did also talk to his therapist about that exact issue. The way we handled it was, hey, your mom, me, and daddy all got together and we decided we wrote this plan that we think is going to be best for you. Because at the end of the day, that's what courts always say, it's in the best interest of the child. And since she had signed, it made it a little easier for us. Now, that is how we presented it in hopes for him. She did not go along with that at all. Works not. Over the years, it has been very difficult. Those comments like, your dad took you away from me or your dad wants, yeah. Oh, yeah. Dad took shit there. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Dad took you away. Dad, And so anytime we get confronted with that kind of thing, well, one thing we're kind of lucky at too, little guy loves us to death. And even though he does deal with a lot of, uh, different forms of mental, emotional abuse and things like that. He's a pretty, he's a pretty smart kid. So he'll look up and say, but I know you and daddy aren't bad people and you wouldn't hurt me. Mm-hmm. So we're pretty lucky that he's also kind of wise beyond his years. He's to where seven now? Is he seven? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I did math. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's seven like now. Two years old, five years in. Okay. <laughs> yeah. He'll be eight in, in May. So. Okay. You know, we've just had, he's not also, he's also not blinded to his mom's demons. And most of these kids really aren't to a degree. So he also realized he felt better when he was with us. And he would say that I feel really safe when I'm here. And so these are, and this is all a result of very open conversations. We're not going to have our first real open conversation, obviously child-friendly the day of. Right. This is something we build over time. Yeah. You know, it's okay to feel safe. You need to be able to feel safe. What does being safe look like? You know, and so helping him to make these connections and, and that helped him. So the conversation, even just this week though, you know, she talks about it a lot with him. 
And unfortunately, it's now getting to the point where, I mean, he'll straight say it's not that he wants more time, but when she complains about being sad that she doesn't have it, he feels the need to fix it. Guilt. Yeah. The manipulation there. Uh. So we, I mean, even just this week, that was a conversation. And so those are hard. And for me as, and he calls me mom too. And so being that mom in his life and having to not just want to rip my hair out and yeah, be like, or my, my biggest thing is, is to join in and, and be like, yeah, your mom's a POS and I'm sorry. She's saying that she's lying. And yeah, like it's so hard. That's probably one of my, like that act alone is so taxing. Oh, and I'm with you a hundred percent. Like as much as I try, you know, and I've got all the things I know I shouldn't, shouldn't say, even down to my degree, but that does not stop you from yeah. just to turn around and be like, all right, well, let's talk about what's really going on. I know, God, it's so hard. It, um, it's, it's so hard. And so, you know, we just have to, I've worded it. I've learned to keywords that help keep me in check, which is, hey, that's an adult problem. Can you, I tell him, can you control how many days you spend with mommy and daddy and how many days you spend with your mom? And he stops and thinks that. No. I said, is that really your choice? And he says, no. I said, so should we be, should you worry about things that you can't control? He says, no. Mm -hmm. And so we do it. A lot of it is what can you control? What can't you control? An adult problem and kid problem. Yeah. And it sounds like what we're all dealing with. So that's a lesson for us all. <laughs> yeah. 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 Half the time I talk to him and I'm like, you know what? That's great advice. I'm going to take it myself. Yeah. I'm just going to make that mental note for me later. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, we've even made games of like, you know, we'll go drive in the car. Okay. Money. Is that an adult problem or a kid problem? And he'll tell me. Well, that's an adult problem. So, you know, it's also just practicing these sort of conscious things with kids so that we're not, like you said, like, you know, they'll say something and it's hard for us not to just say the opposite right back. But then they're just tied in this tug of war. Mm -hmm. And so my biggest thing with him and dad's biggest thing with him is like, let's teach him how to think for himself. Yep. Yeah. Yes. I, and I mean, any, any scenarios, but I mean, yes, in blended dynamics and helping our kids kind of navigate these relationships, but in general, right? Like that's kind of what parenting is of oh, you're eventually going to be this fully formed human and you're going to have to make decisions. But I think right there is the biggest tip when you're having to deal with like parental alienation and like, cause you don't want to join in and then bad, bad mouthing of the, of the other parent. You want to always remain in that stance where your kids can look back and go weird. Like my mom always talks shit about my dad and stepmom, but they never did that about my mom. Like to just give them the facts and to one of the th biggest things I always ask is, well, what do you think about that? And that's something that he'll like go, huh? And then it's developing your own opinion, developing your own or wow, uh, she doesn't know me very well. So how would she know that about me? And he's like, oh yeah, she doesn't really know you very well. That is weird that she would say that. And it's like, uh-huh, all right, you came to that all on your own. <laughs> yeah, bingo. And those things I say all the time, I say, well, buddy, 
I don't really talk to her very much. I don't really know her very much. And he'll stop and do the same thing. Like, wait, you're right. And I always tell him, you know me so much better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what do you think? Yeah. It's the same. Yeah. It's that same idea because, but you know, we all get caught in it. We all get hooked into the, like, she's lying. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. It, It goes back to like my middle school, high school days and like, girl mean girls and stuff where i'm just like why is she being so mean and you know it's it's so weird but yeah i think that that figuring out your approach with your kids when navigating these these situations is so complicated sometimes and and sometimes it it's like you do like you know finding the key things that you can say in those situations that make you feel more in control and more prepared in how to handle them. Yeah. And you got to find out what that is. Cause the minute I hear myself say the words adult problem and kid problem, then in my brain, I also start analyzing me. Okay. Well, where am I at in this? Am I contributing to making him, you know? And so it mm-hmm. self-check. Yeah. Self-check those anchor keywords that can really even help. Like you said, ground myself. Mm-hmm. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So there's a lot of, uh, you know, talk about co-parenting, parallel parenting. And, you know, I, I find that, you know, we majority go in thinking co-parenting, right? Because that's kind of like the baseline of what's being pushed court wise, media wise, whatever. And I love, I'm always interested in hearing kind of how that progresses for people. And when they do choose that, you know, decide that yes, parallel parenting is the better you know, decision approach for our family, how that comes about. So can you explain maybe like in the beginning, what was what you were doing to try and quote co-parent and then how it shifted and morphed into parallel parenting and what that looks like for you now? Yeah, absolutely. Actually, and I just had this conversation with my biological parents and step parents because I come from a blended situation. Mm-hmm. And my mom wonderful woman has her fault like everybody else um but i always i never saw her and my dad really they had conflict and i knew it but i never really felt put in the middle by it and my dad my mom had remarried i had a stepdad my dad had a 10 year long term relationship i always watched my mom like get her gifts for christmas and 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 do all these different things and you know, they never like talked, they weren't best friends, but I always saw my mom be this, um, just a speaking of goodwill. Mm. So I went in think with that little pretty, <laughs> that's so cute, Elizabeth. Cute. It was so cute. And, you know, and I'm stubborn. So I, I held on to that little pretty rose colored glasses I had on for the longest time, you know, and with the understanding like, oh, okay, like, you know, they just divorced and this is going to be you know, hard. She didn't expect. And so I also tried to come out real empathetic with her. Like, Hey, I get it. You're, you didn't, you know, you never expected another woman to come in and start raising your kid. And he was so young too, not even two yet, especially at that age. And, you know, and so, you know, I tried to come in with the olive branch and it was like slapped out. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. It was burned. It was thrown on the campfire. <laughs> Oh, it was, it was just, I just remember feeling shocked. Like the first time I went to go pick him up at daycare and I'm getting long text messages accusing me of like wanting to kidnap him and just like outrageous. And I'm like, 
Yeah. I'm like, yeah. What? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Ah, well, let's share for a second. So I think <laughs> this is such a huge part of our stepmom journey, right? And it begins it here. And I'm so passionate about this because we often feel like the the like we go in with these like expectations or just not even expectations necessarily, but just our own experiences of what it should be like or how we'll be received. And then when we get the exact opposite, I mean, it started when my husband even introduced that I existed. And yeah. so anytime I hear like, I'm an asshole because, and it's like, because I exist, I'm always like, yeah, yeah. My husband like sent this email and I was like, hey, just to let you know, courtesy here that I'm dating someone and she's going to start being, you know, around our son and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, by a mom response with absolutely not, I do not approve of this. Like, how about we just wait and see where your relationship goes? And my husband replied and was like, I'm sorry, you misunderstood this as a, like, as a, as if I was asking for permission. Like, this is, this is happening. I'm doing you a courtesy and letting you know. And then, I mean, I saw that first email and I was just like, that was like my first indication. Red flag. <laughs> Should have ran. <laughs> But I'm like, like, why wouldn't she be like, oh, that's great. I want to meet her. And I got stuck there for a really long time of why doesn't she like me? I need to make her like me. I need to prove to her that she, you know, prove to her that I am a good person. And that because, you know, when like we feel that we can benefit the situation or that like my husband did this whole spiel, which looking back, I'm like, he kind of set me up for failure there because he was like, she uh, has her master's degree and she is a clinician and she is great with him and like all like this stuff. And I'm like, all right, you're like not really helping the situation, but we go in seeing, right? Like what we can provide and hoping that they're going to see that and be like, oh, that's great. Welcome to the village. Yeah, no, they don't want you in our, in their village. <laughs> not at all. Yeah. See, and, and my husband, uh, when when we first went through that, you know, he was, I, I'm really grateful to him because like he saw all my enthusiasm and he was kind of like, I'm not going to bad mouth her and like, you know, make this decision for you. I'm not going to burst your bubble in the beginning. <laughs> but he did look at me straight in the eye and say, sweetheart, she's always going to hate you because you exist. And he said those exact words because you exist. And I, I thought, and, you know, with my degree and everything, you know, just like you with your master's, like, nah, people and how people work and why they do what they do. Like, no, we got this. Like, if anyone can break through this, right, it's going to be us with all our knowledge. That crap goes way out the window, mm -hmm. you know, way out. They don't care. Yeah. And I think for me, it busted after, I think it was, it was two years. It was right before we were going to go to court when I was like, really... <laughs> really trying and she ended up going off on me one day and blowing me up with text messages and then started blowing up my husband talking bad about me and I was finally just like and and I had gone to put little man in the car and I was so frazzled just from all the drama she'd already been creating that I forgot to buckle him down mm -hmm. I went to go leave and I instantly realized what I had done and I pulled over and I like, you know, so like, we hadn't really even gotten anywhere before mm -hmm. I like, fixed it. Well, there was already conflict going on at that time. Well, then it just exploded even higher, you uh -huh. know, 
calling me and all this stuff. But that was the day I realized, you know what? Me engaging in all this conflict and letting this conflict like continue, it is affecting my ability as a stepmother. And that's not okay. Because I was frazzled at the drop-off because of the anxiety that had already been happening. And that's when I decided, no, now it's time for me to protect my peace. Because it is making me suffer in this role with him and dad. And that's why I'm here, dude. Yes. Yes. I think that is that right there is our mental mind shift, right? Where we have to go, I'm not in a relationship to appease her. I'm not in this relationship to prove myself to her. And whatever she does is separate from what happens in my home and how I interact with my stepchild and my partner. She doesn't get to dictate any of that. I think that was a huge shift for me because it was like, I was just waiting for us to be cohesive and, you know, Jersey family and never wanted that. Never wanted that. But I did want the ability to be like, Hey, we're going to the park or I don't know. Like I, I say that now and my skin crawls, like that could never happen now. But I mean, eight years ago, it could have been something that I would be interested in, but now I know who she is. So that ship has sailed. But yeah, so I, I, yes, that the moment where we realize how much energy she's taking and what we have to do to shift it to be functional in our home. And like you said, show up for the whole reason why we're here, which isn't her, not her. No. And then I think right around that same time, I read a quote that was like, why are you trying to get somebody to like you that you wouldn't even want to be friends with? Yeah. Well, I sat back and thought, okay, would I want to be friends with this person? Just like, you know, if we were in like a party or a similar friend group, like, absolutely not. So then I was like, why am I wasting all this energy then trying to prove my worth to yep. this person? Mm-hmm. Yes. And then that, that switch right there. And then the, the next challenge with that is, oh, great. Okay, great. I don't like this person. I don't want her in my life yet. Here she is. <laughs> and I can't make her go <laughs> yeah. away. Because in normal social situations, right? Like we're like we're just like, oh yeah, we didn't click or we didn't vibe and I didn't like how that whatever, I'm not gonna invest in this friendship or relationship, and then they just go away, right? Or you put up a boundary or whatever. And it's like I talked to so many stepmoms that are like, I literally can't get this witch out of my house. I can't like I would not entertain any sort of any of this in any other area of my life, yet I have to, I am forced to in this situation. And that's where the that's where the work is. That's where our inner work really has to, like, we have to work that muscle because it's a hard reality. Because I wouldn't want to be friends with her. No. Are you a stressed out stepmom? Do you struggle to find your calm? Is it difficult to fall asleep? If you answered yes to any of that, then girl, me too. I want all stepmoms to feel a little more chill, so I'm sharing my secret weapon, the amazing products from Equilibria. You may know them for their CBD products. I'm a big fan of their sleep and calm melts, and their body oil is amazing for my skin. But if you're not into CBD and are still wanting to try something that helps with the stress, sleep, and energy of stepmom life, I got you. Equilibria just launched new products without CBD. By using ingredients like lion's mane and mushroom blends, they created stress gummies, and energy capsules. That would be great to add to your transition day routine. 
I love reaching for their products when I'm feeling a little stressy, and I know you will too. Head to myeq.com and use code RADICALSTEMMOM for 20% off. That's myeq.com code RADICALSTEMMOM. That is where my behavior stuff started coming in. Because you cannot help modify someone's behavior, one, if they don't want it, and two, if you're not really like an intricate part of their everyday. Yep. But yeah, that, because that's also where the resentment comes. That's where the anger comes. Yeah. This this is now somebody who has this kind of control over my world. And and this is where, you you know, I myself had to guard my heart against getting angry at my husband. Oh, Yeah chose this person and now they're wrecking my world i didn't choose this person mm-hmm. you know yeah but you know we can't do that with them i started after when i started realizing this was sucking me in and it sucked me in and the drama would suck me in mm-hmm. i started putting boundaries with myself like you know i won't like we have to do a co-parenting app i won't the app if I'm in my room, I cut that out. Mm-hmm. And I pushed it to, I won't get on the app if I'm in our home. Mm-hmm. And it started making my home and everything feel more safe. Cause you know, you know, it's back to that control, which you can't control. You know, we can't control that they're here. Oh, you be, they're here. And you know, for any of us that did work, like I did a lot of work in my life, like right before I met my husband to no. get all the people out of my life, cut them yeah. out. I'm moving on new me. And then yeah. like a year later I get with him and she comes and I'm like, and I can't get rid of her. I can't just walk away from her. And I'm going, Oh, I'm pissed. I'm pissed. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And a lot of time cleaning house in my life in my twenties to find yes. out this, this was all coming back. God, I feel like you're speaking to so many of us. Like I was the same way of like, I, had just got out of a six-year relationship. I was in therapy like every week. I was unpacking all the baggage that came with that relationship. And when I met my husband, I was like, I was self-care. I was independent. I was confident. I was like, "Uh uh-uh, that's toxic. That's going to go over there. I was, you know, embracing like different things. And so, yeah. My husband saw that and was like, yeah, I want that. Like, date me. And then like six months, a year in, I am insecure. I'm anxious. I feel lost. I don't know. I can't even recognize myself anymore because I'm not doing the things that I used to do because now I'm so engulfed in this kid and his dad and their and the ex, right? Like, that is where we lose ourselves. And and it's like, man, I was a baller back then. So it's like we have to get back to that and 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 you wonder like where did all that inner work go and like that's what made me really attract like i've i've had arguments with my husband before he was like you know you used to not be like this you were you were like carefree and like you weren't anxious about stuff and i'm like bitch <laughs> i'm anxious about your shit i am caring about your shit like you brought this in. You did this. <laughs> I was a perfect person. <laughs> oh, I feel you. I feel that so much because that's exactly where I was at. Like therapy ready. But you know what? It's just like what you said. It's the flex. 
Yeah. They're in there. Then it's the flex. It's the muscle. And so, you know, I was laughing because I'm kind of, you know, I'm prepping to talk to you, right? And I'm trying to get my thoughts organized. And the only thing that I could come out with, and I'm usually a good writer and I usually can get stuff out, was becoming a stepmom was the worst and best thing that ever happened to me. And that was just what I could come out. And the worst part wasn't my, my stepson, light and love of my life. I mean, that child is glorious. I love him so much and he's so sweet and he's just so great. And I love seeing how far he's grown, especially since we've got primary custody and just all the things that he's grown from. And he's just so great. But dealing with the high conflict dynamic. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. Man, talk about having to put your money where your mouth is. Yeah. Talking about having to learn how to walk the walk, how to set those boundaries, how to do the self-care and how to do it on it. Daily daily basis. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I told my husband, I've done some really hard shit. Like I've done some really hard shit physically, mentally, emotionally, like the stuff that led me to finding my husband. It was, it wasn't all great. Right. Like I've done some really, and then I tell him, I'm like, this is the hardest thing I've ever done. Hands down. Like I used to like, all the doesn't even add up to like you said, what we have to do on a daily basis to even just protect ourselves, right? Like I've never had to, that feeling of like being on guard all the time or that feeling of, and you know, a lot of stepmoms, and I don't know if you feel this given, you know, you have full, like, you know, primary custody or whatever, but you know, I often feel like I can't be a hundred percent myself walking through my home. I have to, you know, act a certain way or like be a little different or, and it's in the the smallest things like, you know, I mean, this morning I woke up and my stepson was in my bedroom and I'm like, immediately sirens are going off in my head. Eh, I don't like this. Get out of my room because I'm laying in bed and I'm wearing a t-shirt. Like, that's it. And I'm like, homeboy, I need you to get out of my bedroom. Even though I'm laying in bed with my daughter, like this is di- like just weird, like stuff that. So like, I'm constantly having to protect something i'm constantly have to protect myself and that's not at all like what i envisioned <laughs> you know <laughs> so i kind of rambled there but i do want to ask that question as a star mom who has primary what is it like do you feel like you're under surveillance do you feel like you have to act differently uh do you feel more confident like what what yeah tell me just tell me <laughs> That's that's a mixed bag. And you got to remember, because I've been on both ends where yeah. I wasn't. Now I am. So I can look at both. Yeah. Yes. I still feel like I'm under surveillance and with primary. In fact, even more so because now that he's with us so much, her interrogating of him has bumped up a lot. So, you know, it really doesn't matter, I think, how much time you have. It just depends on the level of interrogation that the BM. Yeah. The kid. Now, luckily, you you have to deprogram when he comes back from her. Absolutely. I call it the repair. Mm -hmm. It's a it's a repair every time he comes home. And if it's been like longer than the typical like, you know, weekend cut and it's like Thanksgiving or extended time. Oh, boy. I mean, even now, most of Christmas, you know, I was talking to my husband. I said, I feel like I am having to repair all week the whole first week of the break and, and it's exhausting. And, you know, he is, 
uh, he's a great like support, but like, I think because of my degree and because of what I'm good at, you know, they start leaning on us. For oh more yeah. Well, you just do it better than I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That shit all the time. Uh-huh. And some days I have to say, you know what? He needs to hear this from his daddy, not, not mommy. So, and they do. Yeah. They do. Especially if it's a boy. Yes. That, that man to man thing. Um, mm-hmm. And it's hard because, you know, that's see that's where and that's what i'm learning that's where that disengagement has to start coming in when i feel like the like she is a dark cloud over our time or over our days and it's like no matter where we go we can't escape it and and it's hard because it's not little things that he's saying like oh we went to the store it's like yeah mom says you're horrible because you take me to the gym with you after school every day like you know it's it's yeah, and, exactly. And stuff that makes you cock your head like, uh-huh. Why is that bad? Yeah. And so it's not little stuff, you know, and it's big stuff mm-hmm. and it's happening all day. And that's when I have to just um kind of start. That's when you have to start disengaging, not necessarily from him, but where when the subject comes up. I'm just yeah. like, oh. and that's when I just go to the, oh, all right, buddy, walk on. Yeah. Yep. Let it be that way. Yeah. You know, I choose not to. Like, yeah, you just have to let it roll. Yeah, pick and choose. Let it be that little fluttering thing. Because I'm not like that. Like, I was born a fighter. (laughs) (laughs) I was born just this, like, like, I laugh when my husband asked my dad, like, for his permission, you know, because we're in Texas, we do it super old school, right? Uh Uh-huh. Well, ask my dad for permission. My dad's response to marry me, my dad's response was, Libby has not asked me for permission to do anything since she was five. (laughs) So, you know, I mean, I've got this. No, and I've got this. I want strong sense of justice. One thing's to be set right. One thing's to be. So I've got to watch myself. You know, be, you know this. Being a stepmom, know thyself. Yes. Know thyself. Yeah. Which is why I think it's great the women that come into this being like, I know who I am. And I have confidence. and I know how to set boundaries. And I've done the work. I think the trick is don't lose that when you get into the black hole of stepmom life, like stay tethered to that because that is what will save you in the long term. Yes. Knowing that and it's getting that mind on the long game. And that's what I have to tell myself. Like he doesn't get this right now or he's hearing this right now. Mm-hmm. he's not going to be a little kid he's gonna look back on this as a 14 15 16 20 year old yeah and he may look back and go my gosh even if that was true why would she say that right well just like you reflected on your you know childhood and stuff and like what you observed and what your mom did and stuff like that. i feel i feel like that is also something that i have to think about and and i laugh all the time of like is my stepson always going to, is he going to reflect on his childhood and be like, God damn, my stepmom was just obsessed with washing my hands with soap. Like that chick always was on me about that. Like, what is he going to remember? And sometimes it freaks me out where I'm like, oh my God, what is he going to remember? But for the most part, I'm like, you know, like I hope he sees that we were always consistent and that we were always you know, always trying to provide him that safe space and always let him talk about, you know, all this stuff. And like, that's what I have to think about and not like the little day-to-day things. 
because I'll get lost in it and I'll get really discouraged thinking that I have to intercept every negative thing. Absolutely. And I think what, and this also kind of sobers me up, is realizing that people that are extremely high conflict, you're likely dealing with some sort of personality disorder stuff, especially if it's way on the high conflict area. And those sort of people, you know, have a lot of heavy narcissistic traits. Sometimes they're doing this because they want to be the center of your world. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you cannot let that happen. Yep. Yep. They're hungry. And my whole thing is I'm going to let her starve. Whoa, girl. Yes. Yes. I love that. I love that. Yeah, I'm not going to satiate any of that. Yeah. All right. I don't know if we talked enough about how now you've shifted into parallel parenting. So how has that kind of evolved for you and what boundaries do you kind of hold in your home? Yeah. So I talked about when I went from like, you know, trying to make us a meet the beaver type blended family. (laughs) Forget this, man. (laughs) You know, I realized it was was inhibiting me from like being the good step parent and wife that, you know, living partner at the time, whatever stepmom that I wanted to be. And then it was gradual from there. So like, I'm kind of someone, so in my job, you know, I mainly work with children and I work with highly aggressive, a uh, lot of emotional issues, children who have to be completely self-contained in my classroom due to their inability to function. Mm-hmm. Um, and my, my job is, you know, do intervention and get them, you know, back out. So I say that because ev- in my classroom, I say every morning, whatever you did yesterday, it's in the past. We're starting over today. It's, it's a new thing every morning. So I carry that mindset. So even though in my heart, I'd shifted myself and he had already kind of shifted. He was, to be honest, he was co-parenting more to entertain me. Your that husband? Was- yeah. Okay. He was- if it was up to him, we would have done parallel from the start because he already knew. He already knew. He knew knew what he was dealing with. But, you know, by his grace, and I love him so much for this, his grace, he was like, I'll let you learn this one on your own. (laughs) You're coming in, girl, with so much, you know, hope. And 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 I feel like even even when our partners are very honest with us about stuff, like we don't believe them, you know, like it's like, oh, it can't be that bad. Or I don't know. It's it's like we, we do have to figure it out on our own for better or for worse. Yeah. And bless his heart. Like he, I, I think pretty instantly, he's like, you're real stubborn. That's why I like you. But I, I already know that this is just something you're going to have to figure out. So once I, st- I started after that, I said, you know what? Like it really just needs, that's when we shifted to more like, okay, let's, let's not do the day-to-day little things. Let's not try to communicate everything. Let's <laughs> wait until it's something like really pressing. You know, we kind of talked about it. Okay. And then that kind of fell into the same time litigation was for those two years. So it was almost like we were at this cross between co-parenting and parallel. So we were picking and choosing our battles, not oversharing, but still, you know, trying to remain, bringing up things that, you know, we thought needed to be like uh, screen time and sleeping and potty training. and Yeah. We'll be sleeping in the bed with, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like things that, you know, things that were important. Then we noticed that not even that was really helping. Mm-hmm. And so once we became, you know, we became primary 
you know, I actually reached out to her. I said, listen, it's been a rough four years, you know, three or four years. I really think that we all just need a fresh start. You know what I mean? Let's try to put our best foots forward. You know, so I was very much like, okay, olive branch. And I told him the same thing. I said, you know, we've, you know, we've all tried, been trying to adjust, you know, trying to give the benefit of the doubt, trying to, you know, one last, I wasn't even a week later. Oh no. And she's agreeing and she's like, I'm glad you feel that way. And little man had accidentally called her by her name. Okay. He heard me say it. I was like, Hey, you know? And so he turned around, Hey, and it was, it was a complete accident. Mm -hmm. We got this long that it was us and we're making him and, uh, Um. and I was, I, we just wrote and you know how she loves him more. It's always, there was always a hint of, she loves him more in every. Oh. And so that really was kind of the, I'm like, you know what? Forget it. Yeah. Girl, you, you're just not capable of this. Yeah. Yeah. Eventually they start to just show what they're really about. And it's like, all right, that's, that's, you've been presented with choices over and over and over again. You've continuously chosen, you know, the, that route (laughs) you woke up and chose to hate. Yeah. (laughs) Then it, it turns into that. This is something my husband always reminds me of, you know, the definition of insanity, you know, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different outcome. And and that's the thing. He's like, she shows us who she is time and time again. We can't continue to hold space for there to be change. And that right there, free, absolutely free. Because now we just anticipate this is how she's going to react. Oh, there it is. That's how it rolls. And we are prepared for what that looks like. Yeah. And that's now where we're at. Now it's, uh, you know, we've learned absolutely nothing regarding what he tells us emotionally, what he opens up to us about can ever be shared because he just gets ranked at home for being honest with us about anything. If it ever casts her in any sort of negative light. So there was also that. So, and you know, my husband says a similar thing, but he just always has told me she is who she is. She's shown you this for years. It's not going to change. And I said, you know what? You're right. So we switched to parallel parenting, which is the same. You know, she does what she wants in her home. We do what, you know, we in ours. And unless it is uh, damaging to him in some way, we just let it happen. We also know, though, that even if it's damaging, she's going to lie about it. She's going to cover yeah. it up. It's never going to be an upfront thing. So even those things, sometimes we just have to figure out, like now we have she, he came out to us actually this year about some very dangerous things that are happening. So, you know, things happened and services had to get involved in different stuff. And so we got him like an emergency phone. It's not allowed to leave the backpack. So it's like you really start at certain times to have to get creative, you know, on trying to keep them safe. Um, but at the end of the day, even to that degree, that's, that's her home. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And our home is our home. And anytime, you know, and he's, I think we've always said that, you know, that's her rules and that's our rules. And if we ever hear him trying to kind of bring it over, it's the same. It's a pretty quick, hey, buddy, that's okay. She thinks that and feels that way, but that's not how we feel or what we think. So this is how we're going to do it. It's our house, our rules. Yeah. And so, you know, real cut. And that's another one that can kind of keep you in check. Yeah. 
our house, our rules, yeah. our house. Yeah. And, and also just honestly, in some ways, teaching, teaching them, you know, like he's always come back. He's, his teeth are never brushed, you know, when he's, you can tell they're yellow and, and everything. So that's something then we make sure we get on him here. Okay. Morning, night, morning, night, mm-hmm. morning. So that he can do it. And then we talk to him about the importance of dental hygiene and what can happen and what can't so that he starts knowing that he needs to do it. And it kind of does stink because they end up in some ways, depending on your situation, having to be a little more of an adult at an earlier age because they're having to take care of themselves in some ways better than the opposite. Right. Yeah. And, and you're advocating for them to be able to take care of themselves when they're, when they're over there, like not the, like the teeth brushing stuff, but like for my stepson, you know, he talks about certain things that happens at, at his mom's house. And it's like, okay, buddy, well, when that happens, like, here's something that you can do, or how about you ask these questions or how about you, you know, whatever. And it's like coaching him in the sense of you can ask these questions. You can, you know, if, if, well, one of the biggest, but dumbest things is <laughs> this freaking lunchbox. <laughs> or I'm like, dude, if you don't like this food, tell her. Because he'll come home and he's got a full lunchbox. And I'm like, okay. And I always ask him, do you want, because we get him on Mondays. So I'm like, do you want any of this to go into your lunchbox for tomorrow? And he's always like, no, I don't like it. And I'm like, then tell her, tell her that, because I want you to be eating at school. So tell her you don't like bananas. <laughs> I'm like, come on. Well, I guess that's where the banana thing comes <laughs> <laughs> I, and I'm with you, man. I can't count how many times I'd say, buddy, you need to say something then. Buddy, yeah. you need." But at the end of the day, we're also teaching them, you know, and I feel like it's a good thing. Like, hey, set your boundary. Mm-hmm. Tell your truth. Speak your truth, you know. And he tells me, well, I don't, I don't want to hurt her feelings. I don't want to be mean. And then I'm like, okay, great. And that opens another conversation. Right. Um, yeah. Well, what's being mean and what's just sticking up for yourself. What's a boundary? What's a, you know, I think with a lot of this, if we look for it, we can really find the opportunity to like mother these really awesome conscious children. Yes. Mm-hmm. What yeah. has been, and that's why, you know, I always say valleys to mountains mm-hmm. because yeah. that's where it's going to become because at the end of the day, you know, in five, 10 years, all these like skills that we're trying to pour into them on how to manage, you know, the high conflict that they deal with too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and there's skills that adults are even learning, right? Like, oh my gosh, I don't want to put it on a boundary because I don't want to make someone mad or disappoint them. Or, you know, it's like, shit, I do that now. Like, you <laughs> know, so teaching a kid early on, like, hey, it's okay. And it just comes down to the way you communicate it. It comes down to how you deliver it. And you can be both validating and respectful and kind while also asserting yourself and saying, this doesn't work for me. You know, like that, that is something our kids need to learn now. So we are nurturing a better generation than what we came from and where our parents came from. Like, yeah, that's what we're doing. I think, I think that's lost a lot of times when we feel like we're doing this repair and it's so exhausting. But I think when we look back, we need to look back and see, you know what, like we're giving our kids skills. We're giving these kids skills that they wouldn't need to learn otherwise. Yep. Yeah. And it would be learning like probably we did in our twenties and thirties and they're learning this and, you know, when they're kids and where it's unfortunate in some ways, it's also going to set them up for such great success. Yeah. 
And, um, yeah. you know, those, those are the things I have to remember. <laughs> Absolutely. I was just about to say, this is a great way to start wrapping up. Like, stepmotherhood is fucking hard. Like, it's well, yeah. hard. And there's this stupid shit that we have to deal with. And like we've already established, it's the hardest thing we've ever done. And then we're presented with these reminders of why we're here. And when we can find how we do show up and how what we do provide and how what our stepkids will be taking away from their childhood and how we do have influence. We may not be able to control it all or change it all, but we do have influence. And once we find how we can show up for them, we got to dig deep into that because that's our purpose. And without our purpose, we feel super lost. Find You're in this kid's life for a reason. Yeah. You yeah. know, this was an accident, you know, and they, they need you exactly. They need exactly who you are. Exactly who you are. Regardless well, of the pressure to be anything different. And I, and on a side note, when you're a primary parent, I can say I feel more disliked by mothers now mm-hmm. than I did before. That was something I wanted to say earlier and I didn't, but I do want to pin that because that is something that I wasn't prepared for. It's almost like my presence as a primary mother, you know, stepmother. It's like people automatically, not even knowing the story, not even knowing what's going on. I get one of two either, you know, hey, that's great that you're there for him. That's great that you and him have the relationship you do and you're doing. And they just treat me like mom and it doesn't, you know, and it doesn't matter but there's others that sometimes like they almost look at me like i did something to them well they're projecting their own shit they're going oh if someone took my kid away or you know they're painting that like awful thing never and that's the thing they never think oh well something must have happened or something you know it it might be better that they're with dad and not you know dad and stepmom that oh i'm sorry you have to deal with that and that just that's such a projection of, of them and their issues and like what their fears are, what they're of. Yeah. hundred percent their fears. And I see it and I'm like, and in my heart, I just like, I have to stop now. And I think, I'm sorry. You think your motherhood is that fragile. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. That, that's why you're projecting this on me because you are scared that your sense of motherhood, your place in your kid's life is that fragile. Yeah. Like yeah. You're, and your identity, because that's going to fall into your identity. Yeah. And so then I have to look at that and I have to stop. And I don't always, sometimes I'm like, if you, you don't know what we've been through. And mm-hmm. yeah. when I'm in my best self, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> touching my heart on that compassion that, you know, that's, that, that's on you, girl. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. You live that fragilely. Yeah. And that, I mean, I feel like that that's what uh, fuels a lot of the bio mom stuff, right? Is their insecurities of their relationship with their own kid and that, Stepmoms threaten that. And that's something that I've said straight up to, to that's something I've said straight up. That's something my husband has written in an email. I remember it. It was like, you are his mom. That is not in question. Chris is, Chris is in his life for a totally separate reason. And he knows that you will always be mom. And it's like the fact that she needed to be reminded of that, like glad we could do that for her, but also sad that she needed that. And and continues to need that because she, you know, behavior hasn't changed. So, yeah, but yeah. And, and whether it's the bio mom or the moms that you're interacting with, it's stepmoms bring out a certain type of fear in people. Look at the power we have, ladies. We're scary. <laughs> we are so amazing that people fear us. 
I know. And all we want is just to be left alone. <laughs> <laughs> Leave me alone with my coffee and my animal. Right? Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. Oh my God. We could talk forever. All the different stuff. Yes. All right, Elizabeth. Thank you so much. Anything else that we want to share? Any any other thoughts or I feel like we talked a lot, but it was it's good stuff. I just my heart goes for stepmoms, you know. And and by the way, like my dad has now been with someone for seven, eight years. Incredible stepmom. Incredible. And I can even as an adult, came into my life as an adult, still changes my life every day. Mm -hmm. So no, you know, my handles with peace and courage and for a reason. Like, you know, I just really want to encourage every stepmom, everyone, you know, follow that peace, follow that courage and just go on with that. Lead by that. Let your heart lead with peace and courage. And if you're functioning out of one of those two, girl, you're, you're going the right way. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to be okay. Yeah. Get to that. Is it okay if I put your handle in the show notes so people can find you? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Awesome. Cool. All right, Elizabeth, thank you again so much for joining and, and sharing your story and offering your bits of wisdom. It was lovely. As always, be well, stay radical. All right, ladies, the episode is over, but do you want a little more? Come find me on Instagram and join the community at Radical Stepmoms Podcast or schedule a one-on-one session and get that personalized support or become a Radical member and gain access to exclusive content like bonus episodes and merch. Radical Stepmoms is so much bigger than a podcast. Check out the details and the notes on this episode.